you could see how fast everyone took uh, what the terminal rate's going to look like. You know, I had a conversation with the ultra, ultra smart uh, credit guy at dinner last week, and he was thinking the terminal rate was going to be somewhere between six and a half and seven percent potentially. Mm-hmm. And now Goldman came out and said, you know, five, five to five point five. All right. Okay. All right. After a little technical difficulty, we're we're back, right? Okay. But I, so we so we ended on we ended on some like kind of uh, negligence, right, or perhaps like gross gross issues with kind of the risk team there, right? But but look, I would say this: I think everybody's well read on what just happened. It's like it's not good. Three banks go down. The whole thing. I'm interested. Like, what's going to come next, right? So it looks like based on like to what Nick said. It looks like what this thing that the Fed did over the weekend, the FDIC did over the weekend, it doesn't look like there's going to be a whole bunch of more bank failures here, right? Like there may be one or two are dropped, but like First Republic was going to go. It looks like it's coming back. There was some like uh, stuff around Schwab that looks like it's it's doing okay now. I saw one analysis out there with other firms that have big uh, securities portfolios, right? But I'm not seeing any kind of major movements in their stock price, right? And I'm not hearing anything about running a bank. So do, does everyone kind of agree that maybe we're cool here? Like this, fix the problem. Like we're not going to have a whole bunch of more runs on on banks in the future. I, I think these things bottomed. I mean, I think there's a lot of diversity now across board. People figured it out over the past few days. You know, I think the bigger question at hand. I think two things. One, how much more expensive did cost of capital become for early stage founders on yep. the back of this? And yep. then two. You know, what does the Fed do? I mean, I think I guys saying you guys didn't know, like Goldman took down the rate expectations. You had a cooler CPI today. Like, you know, I don't know, it's silver and gold are exploding. You know, rate sensitive, high growth software is exploding. Facebook cut jobs, that stocks up massively. Like, I think the bigger question is, is the equity market's bottom? Mm. Yeah, I don't think the broader equity markets are, are going to bottom, but I think the, the attack on the banks, I mean, First Republic's up at time of recording 35% right now, right? So maybe, maybe the onslaught there has, has definitely slowed down, but I think we still have uh, the broad market issues, right? I mean, we're, we're definitely seeing that in the private markets, not just when you get the news that the, the big companies are laying off 10,000 people uh, in one go. Um, yeah, Aaron, maybe it's worth pulling up that slide of showing the correlation to what we see in the secondary markets versus the Silicon Valley Bank uh, share price over time. So I'm calling the lows, by the way, here. I hate the low of the broader it, market, the I SPY. Think, I think it's time to get long, fellas. Yeah, <laughs> grabbing those ETFs. Uh, I hate to do it. Okay. I, I mean, just interesting, just to describe what, what's on page, you've got the AP50, the broad representation of the 50 most active pre-IPO stocks, which also is a decent overlap with some of the loans that uh, Silicon Valley Bank would have been putting out. But you have a 0.71 correlation over the last two and a bit years, went all the way up to 0.91 over the last year, so 2022 to date. And then it just dropped and fell apart this year, year to date, to 0.15. So you're really just seeing some um, some good correlation here. And I think that's what's hurt them. You're not going to see the same degree of correlation with a lot of other banks. 
Um, they're just married at the hip to the Bay Area. And uh, a lot of these these growth or venture names. So I think, Aaron, you pointed out, I think it was 3% startups for the loan book, 6% growth stage, and another 12% innovation stage. Um, and then not not to mention what they didn't hedge on the uh, uh, on the long duration um, bonds, like their agencies and things like that. But yeah, I think it tells a pretty decent picture. So, John, so talk more about your thought on on the impact of venture startups, right? Like, what do you think now that SBV is gone? Do you think someone kind of fills the gap? Uh, what the services that that SBV was providing? I mean, there's going to be the usual suspects like WTI has been doing this a very long time and they're very successful at it. Right. And SVB was, uh, you know, super competitive with them. But I mean, how do you how do you step in as a bank and take this risk and go to your shareholders and say, oh, guess what? We're taking over all the, the venture debt loan book from silicon valley like no one's really going to want to touch this yeah you look at what happened with signature too i mean we haven't really discussed that but talk about the crypto ecosystem like everyone that's a crypto fund or company is scrambling right now to find a banking partner you lost silvergate you lost signature you know bmo harris has stepped in but you know that process it seems from what i'm being told is pretty daunting and you know with the uh the insurance amount they're they're not really insuring much above the limit and it's it's hard i mean that's that ecosystem is going to be very difficult for a lot of people to to find a banking far- partner for if you're a venture-backed company it's easy to find a banking partner you call jp morgan or, or bamel you know they'll, they'll be happy to set you up but yeah as far as you know who's going to give these folks money now i mean at that rate like good luck yeah, yeah. this is very different than the financial crisis with regards to like tarp the toxic asset relief program you, you can't just model these out the same way as a pool of mortgages, right? They're all unique. They're all very different situations. So I think, yeah, a lot of the losers here are going to be the the direct clients of, of SVB. I mean, where where are they going to end up or who's going to take take on the other side of that uh, those loans? Um, yeah, and generally just raising capital now is, is going to be harder on the equity side too. So you're, you're kind of getting hit on, on both ends. From yeah, your so talk a, more B, about C, that. D. Yeah, so Opinions. talk more about that on how it impacts on how this you think impacts the equity side. That's the yes. first I've heard first time I've heard someone say that. Yeah, they, well, I think it's going to go both ways. So let's say we're going back to the equity market for our next round, and we are already know that those markets are down and they're getting hurt. So you have a combination of debt and equity for a lot of companies that are that are accessing capital. But now the uh, now that we know the equity side is getting hurt, and a lot of folks don't want to take those down rounds, going to the debt market just got a hell of a lot harder, because now instead of maybe getting some favorable treatment with with uh, firms like SVB that really wanted to work with you and hold your hand and make and and understand your process, you're going to have to go to the net benefactors here. So your your cities, your J.P. Morgan Chase, your Bank of America, I think. So I don't even think they'll do it, though. I think it's going to be more or less a lot of these credit guys that are going to move down. But, like, guess what? Your rating ain't going to be 5% or no. it's going to be uh, SOFR plus 900. Yeah, that's not a partner. this is where we're willing to underwrite this risk, right? right. So, so who, Like, those so, guys aren't partners, right, Don? Those no, guys are they're, like, they're, they're like, making money. 
they're lenders. They're there, yeah. yeah, they're in there for the return, not like, you know, we'll be a great partner and hang with you to IPO and we'll do loans. No, for all there's going to be crazy and, covenants on it and all this other stuff. Right. And that, so. and that's why I think the, the TARP outlook where government could help out, that's not going to happen properly either. So, Don, if you are managing bringing one of your port, port codes to the next round, where are you looking? Are you, are you looking for debt? Are you looking for I, I mean, it depends at what stage the company is in and what their balance sheet looks like. And if they have, you know, uh, AR accounts receivables, a consumer face, right? There's like a ton of, you know, what are they doing in ARR? How do you back this? Like, you know, there's, there's options out there and you see some of the more sophisticated folks like, you know, Aries and, you know, big credit funds like Brigade and whatnot, like they're doing growth deals and doing credit. The problem is if you're a founder and you're raising at a $12 million valuation, you're not getting that non-dilutive, you know, equity debt deal from Silicon because they want your deposits for the next 10 years. Right. Yeah. Right. That's the challenge. I don't think the growth stage companies are going to have problems. You know, if you're doing a hundred million dollars in revenue, you know, in your EBITDA break even, like you're not going to have an issue getting money. That is true. So like, that's really just the earlier stage companies is where yeah. there's, there's kind of a problem. But so, you know, are more venture funds going to step up with the product? to do that. I mean, but Don, I got to tell you, man, I talked to a lot of venture capitalists. They actually hate venture debt. They hate it. Yeah. Right. Especially for earlier stage companies. Right. So like, do you think that that just starts to re reverb a little bit across the broader venture space? Like, look, save the venture debt for series C, D, E companies, later businesses. If you're earlier stage, stay away from the stuff altogether. Yeah, I mean, I think VCs hate it because you know, it took the bat out of their hand on probably a lot of deals and ownership where, right. you know, now it's, you could go in and negotiate better terms for yourself, your LPs, maybe these things were mispriced because, you know, founders knew they could go and get venture debt, but mm. you know, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I think, you know, you're really going to see this shake out over the next like four to six months. It's all very the fresh. Shake you, out just called the, you just called the bottom. So no, no, I mean, out? shake yeah, out yeah. In, in like venture land of like how companies are funding, you know, are they changing dynamics of rounds, pricing coming down? Like, you know, how does that going to look? But, okay. But okay. So that's an interesting point. Cause I, I got to tell you, you're not the first person that I talked to this week. Who's like risk on now. Right. And I had some folks who were like very conservative. I mean, this market's all fed driven. I, I, what, we, what we've seen, like, you know, it's going to be really interesting. You could see how fast everyone took uh, what the terminal rate's going to look like. You know, I had a conversation with the ultra, ultra smart uh, credit guy at dinner last week, and he was thinking the terminal rate was going to be somewhere between six and a half and seven percent potentially. Mm -hmm. And now Goldman came out and said, you know, five, five to five point five. And everyone took it down from like 25 bips rates to 14 bips to J-PAL's going to ease. So Right, right. Right. Okay. So, so, but that kind of begs the question, you know, now that I'm hearing that kind of percolate out there, that things are going to start to get a little bit better in the broader equity market. Like, does that, how does that impact, you know, pre IPO stocks, private, you know, private stock tech high growth companies? Are we, are they going to lead? Are they going to lag? Is venture think, funding going to pick back up? Need... I mean, if everything's kind of gaga, right, in the public markets and everyone's feeling good and the economy's good, like, this thing come back faster or slower? I mean, if you're a smart investor and you, you're probably going to suffer PTSD from this for a while. And I don't think all of a sudden, you know, you're not going to see software multiples go from eight times to 25 times what we saw, 
you know, in the peak of 21 market, like that ain't happening, mm-hmm. but does it open a capital markets window where there's risk on and people are willing to take shots on companies at a specific price? Sure. Yeah. Yep. 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 Okay. Got it. I used to gauge how the market would trade for the week by how many biotech IPOs there were on a Monday morning announced. <laughs> Is that thick? And it worked every time. I could tell you where the market would close on Friday if there was like 12 IP biotech IPOs on a Monday morning. That oh, that's interesting. That's so, interesting. Are we going back to that time? No, but right. So. But it, it's not. Listen, I it, it could be a turning point. I de- I mean, it'd be interesting to see what Powell does. I, there was like on Monday, everyone's like, "He's this is it." There's no more rate rate increases. Then on Tuesday, you know, yesterday afternoon, this morning, it was like, "Well, he's going to do 25 basis points." The Fed futures have it at 25 bips. They even have a high probability that it, he does another 25 at the next meeting, right? The Fed does another 25. So that would only be if, – if all of this – all of these shenanigans, it would only be 25 basis point less than the terminal rate that they were highlighting, you know, for a year now, right, or a better part of six months. So um, – All you got to do is watch yeah. the VIX. Friday, the VIX priced in kind of Monday morning action, and then volatility didn't get sucked out. They'll post the CPI this morning, and now the VIX is down 11%. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So, so Nick, what do you what are you hearing out there, man? From just pre IPO land with your broker partners, your clients. Like, is there any kind of what's the what's the feel on all sure. this SBB and yeah, bank yeah, issues? Yeah. So, we had a uh, rather quiet week. We actually had a lot less price. Um, yeah, coming coming in, we got our our levels on Monday. And a lot less came through. So I think people are kind of holding their breath as to where they're willing to buy and sell and take action. And okay. I think by the end of this week, that will shake out and we're, we're going to see more deals get done. But I, I, I think you, you kind of had everybody take a breath and step back. And that's why we saw that on, on our end. Um, and my personal opinion on, on the back of that is also you're going to see a lot more cherry picking. So a lot more thought is going to go into, hey, do I want to not just be in these late stage companies, but which ones I'm going to be very, very thoughtful about rather than just exposing uh, dry powder into the sector as a whole. Okay. So Clint, so Clint texts in, so Clint's having some technical issues. I don't know if it's him or the software that we're using, but at any rate, the, he, he texted in and he said, banks. So, and I've heard him say this earlier, this or maybe over the weekend, but he's like, banks are going, regional banks are going to have an issue. Like, Commercial real estate's coming next, right? That's his thesis. And with the rate, now that the Fed has raised, raised, raised these highs, like things are starting to break, right? So at this SVB thing was an example of something breaking. You know, the next thing to break is commercial real estate. I think PIMCO had a company, a, a, a building that went belly up, right? But there's probably other, others well, that are coming too, right? That you've seen, you know, one of uh, my good friends, the, very large commercial real estate book and you know i looked at a deal with him and the amount of leverage that's in the system there for people that own multi-family because but you know new york city even like there was a building for sale in soho the guy had a crazy crazy ask on it he was asking like 75 it was probably worth 40 and he was levered to the gills like you know, smart guys who are sitting on capital that aren't over lever, like, yeah, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars for the keys and I'll take over your debt. Like, right. 
you know, how much of that is going on? I think a lot right now. Yeah, it's, I mean, th- this commercial real estate thing is going to get really interesting. I mean, like, you know, we're like we're the three of us here in New York City, right? So, like, th- there's definitely not everyone's back to work. And I can certainly see the revenue side of the equation for a lot of these buildings being upside down, right? And then now with rates coming up, you know, going up, uh, they're going to get even more pressure, margin pressure, right? So, uh, well, and they implement I mean, the congestion uh, tax also. Get ready. Yeah, so twenty three I mean, bucks each way. Yeah, yeah, which is nuts. Crazy, which is nuts. So, so, so that kind of begs the question: Like, what's the thought? Do, are we going to see more of these? Um, are we going to see more, you know, bank failures now? Like now that these rates keep going up, are they cycling through? Is this commercial real estate going to put a, more undue stress, or not undue stress, but more stress on banks? Mm, I don't know. It's tricky. I think those are pretty well hedged out and they under the guys underwriting those deals are much smarter than, you know, just putting venture debt into a company that they're like, okay, this, this person priced it at 8 million bucks. So that's what you're worth. Right. Yeah. Or at least they're smart enough to hedge out their available for sale help for maturity securities portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think the quality behind those is better following the financial crisis, a lot more sanity checks and the, the willing buyers of CMBS are, are picking it up, right? So the the risk is spread pretty well, not just from the banks, but for, to the asset managers, the holders of the 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 pooled mortgages, right? So I, I think lessons right. are largely learned. It's it's going to stay stay hard no matter what. Uh, but yeah, I I, I think New York almost might okay. be a more interesting uh, base case, right? So I'm sending, so. I'm sensing like this, like general sense of positivity, right? Uh, from the YouTube, I kind of feel that way based on what I'm hearing. Like this seems like it, it feels like it's, um, like it's a material event, right? That just occurred, and and now you know inflation was already coming down. Like it, <laughs> it feels like it's positive, but I'm getting positive vibes from Don. I'm getting positive vibes from Nick, right? I mean, is that the general consensus here? Is that things this could be a a, a turning point type type event? Yeah, I think. Do you think Jay Powell's just going to keep keep pressuring ratcheting rates over and over again after we have events like this and we have warning signs of of commercial real estate? Probably not. I, I think. Yeah. You know, they 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 have to have a balanced approach here, and they they have a profound impact on the direction of, of this market, particularly on the CMBS side, more so than anything that we see in the, on the private equity side. Right. Right. So right. Well, the no, question I, too I think around, it's going to be under control. The question around inflation too, like one, the feds inflation target is like idiotic. Like that's just anyone with half a brain knows it's not achievable. So like, let's take that out. Like a quart of ammonia in 2020 costs $2. It's $4 and 25 cents on sale now. So is that inflation or is that price fixing? Because mm-hmm. like I know a lot of people that take up prices, and guess what? Those companies ain't taking down prices anymore. So right, right, right. it's the new norm. Yeah, that's a fair point. It's just yeah. gotta, it's you have commodity costs. I mean, that's what's going to drive this in one way or the other, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then, but also somewhere, some. Sorry, go ahead, Aaron. I mean, but also too, like some of the just the structural ways that inflation is calculated, right, with housing and the like. That's rolling. That's going to start rolling off here in the next couple uh, couple quarters as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I 
It, but that's the thing that I mean. That seems to be the focus of the Fed. But I, it's it, look. It's, it's a next point. It sounds like the Fed. The Fed, Don, you said it earlier too. The Fed's the driver here, right? So, as soon as the market feels like they're going to stop or they're easing off, then that's when things. Well, think about too to the amount of inflows that you're going to get into the you know the cap or uh, the equity markets once they pause. Oh, I mean, there's a mountain of cash. Everybody I'm talking to, every single investor that I talk to is a mountain of cash every week, every month. It just keeps getting bigger. So, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm not like a technician, right? But man, it feels like once this is risk on and like everybody knows it, it's a tidal wave of money. I got a bunch of charts to share next week. If you guys want to go through a public market, uh, I'm, symposium I'm down, man. Happy I'm to. down. I'm down. I'm down. But, uh, okay, listen, any, I, I think we're, we're like at time now here, boys. Any other thoughts on banking, the Fed, SVB? You got to have something for next week, right? Best practices for hedging a, a, a held for maturity securities portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> How about just do it? How about that, right? <laughs> just hedge, right? Yeah. Uh, all right, cool. All right, gentlemen. Well, I appreciate you. I'm sure uh, Clint apologized. I don't even think it's his fault. I think it's the software that we're using. But I apologize to Clint for for getting bounced. But, uh, Nick, I'll see you tonight, right? You got it. All right, brother. Okay, thanks, gentlemen. Don, make it happen, dude. I'll try. Come on, Donnie. Later, guys. See you guys.